Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating for the jam. It's Kicks and Bricks, where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, what up? Welcome back to Kicks and Bricks. Joining us today is John Kaiser Knight, the designer of one of the most underrated Adidas shoe of his time, the T-Mac Millennium 2. What's up, John? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you for coming on, man, and blessing us with with um, your valuable time. Yeah, that's my pleasure. Thank you for for the intro, and um, you know, thanks for for inviting me today. All right. So, um, so before we get into the Millennium Two, um, can you tell us a little bit about your um, sneaker background at Adidas? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Well, I've been I've been working for uh, Adidas for almost six years now. I was, uh, you know, it's a German brand, so I was actually working at the international headquarter in in Germany before. Oh, and um, I was working at Adidas Originals, so you know, taking care of key uh, key shoes. You know, 2015, 2016, it was like big time with the NMD, the AQT, ADV, and. Uh, and uh, this this type of uh, of new uh, new shoes, new franchise on the on the streetwear side, and then four years ago, I uh, I moved from uh, from Germany to to Brooklyn, New York, to uh, to help Mark Dolce, Dennis Dekovich, and Mark Miner to uh, to set up the the Adidas Brooklyn Farm, which is our current concept studio. And now I'm working uh, in uh, in performance concept for for footwear. So I'm working, mm-hmm. uh, you know, three to four years in advance to create a footwear concept for running basketball, football, and so on. And uh, during that experience, I uh, had the pleasure to work on basketball performance and uh, most specifically the, the T-Mac Millennium franchise. All right. So I'm curious to know, like, since you're from Europe, like, before you came here, what was your perception of American um, streetwear culture? Well... You know, a lot of people may tell you that streetwear culture or sportwear culture actually come from America or, uh, you know, USA for, for being exact. So uh, what you see in Europe is, uh, is a reinterpretation of that across Atlantic. But uh, I, I believe that initially that whole, uh, that whole culture in the 70s and 80s really, really started, started in, in, in the U.S. And, uh, you know, some people may tell you also it started in New York in the first place right because it's kind of linked to other other cultural movements right mm-hmm. so uh, um but obviously now there is some differences 
there is some differences there is some cultural dif- uh, you know references that are that are different from us to uh, to europe for me obviously it's still uh, it's still uh, very exciting and and interesting to see how things are perceived here in usa and how certain products uh, don't find their audience in Europe, but find their audience in in the US. So that's uh, that's kind of an interesting social uh, social experiment, I would say. Mm-hmm. All right. So like um, so like I know T Mac was um big in China. Was he like kind of had that same popularity in Europe as he had in well, China and here? Yeah, I think you know when you think. When you when you think T Mac, you think you know. When you think Tracy McGrady, you think also uh, uh, Kobe. You think like Giga Star of NBA, and I think basketball as a phenomenon, as a sport, as a culture, it's much more present in the U.S. and in China, in Asia than in Europe. In Europe, we are much more of a you know European football soccer fans, right? Uh-huh. So. I think to to uh, to your points, I think, I think basketball is 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 really something present in some some American and and Asia market. Not so much in Europe, but you know, people know who Michael Jordan is. People know who T Mac is. People know who uh, you know the late Kobe was, just because they were athletes that were transcendental and and went beyond to their to their sports. All right, so like before you started working on the M2, like going back a decade, like the early 2000s, like what was your initial opinions on um, T Mac Adidas sneaker history going back to the T Mac 1, 2, and 3? Yeah, well, you know, I uh, for me, it's it's a very personal project just because I'm half French and half Lebanese. And in Middle East, you know, there is a lot of like audience for for basketball as well. And so all my cousins are like, you know, over six, six feet tall. I'm quite of a short dude, unfortunately. So I'm not I'm not the traditional basketball player, but all my cousins in Middle East were fanatic, absolutely fan of, of T Mac. And so the the day I told them that I was you know, with Dennis, we were rebooting what basketball performance was supposed to be. And we decided to kind of push for resurrecting uh, T-Mac as a, as a franchise because we thought that was still relevant, uh, especially for the Chinese market, because he's like a god there. Uh, I got to text my cousins in Middle East to tell them, hey, I'm, I'm going to work with Tracy McReady and he's going to pass by the office and I'm going to get the pleasure to meet him and talk with him and get to have a little bit of his insights. And uh, that's how I realized that that was, you know, that was kind of a, of a dream come true. And uh, it made definitely some of my cousins very jealous on the moment too. So that was, that was a funny little anecdote. And, uh, you know, we talk about the, the millennium too, but I think the, the, the funniest part for me was to work on the first one. So I was I, I did actually Millennium One and Millennium Two, and uh, you know looking back at the heritage of of the T Max and the design language from early two thousand, when you look at the very first one, it was actually a, a reboot of what the shell toe is. You know when you look at superstars and uh, and uh, half shells and all those very cool basketball shoes from the seventies, uh-huh. the T Max the first one was kind of a kind of a bring back of that of that essence and so started to look at the archives 
look at the original shoes, the way they were constructed, the, the, the functionality behind it. Got the extreme pleasure to to meet Natalie Gondrian, who uh, is the original T-Mac uh, designers, at least for the three first ones, and uh, she is uh, she's a very very uh, talented uh, designer, product designer, and I think something we were talking about that was very interesting on her side was, you know, she was a lot of a lot of people who love T-Max and those early T-Max shoes, like they have no idea that it's a lady that is uh, behind the design. And I think that's, you know, especially in a, in an era where we, we, we got to push that, we got to push diversity and we got to push different opinion point of view. I think that's something that I'm still very, you know, excited to talk about that those three first shoes that are so iconic were designed by, uh, you know, were designed by a female designer. And I think that's, that's great. I think we need, we need to, uh, we need to, uh, to showcase that even more. You know, just like um, I was telling you a few days ago about how, um, about my, about my high school basketball team, how they wore their on T-Max. Like, I think if you go back, in time and like tell them that a woman kind of designed that shoe i like i think that they that they wouldn't care less because that shoe was such a dope shoe i was the t-mac 2 i'm speaking about like it could have been a man woman it really wouldn't matter because that shoe is so timeless yeah and i and i think you know like having that shoe coming back this year as well is no accident um, I think the, the 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 basketball department of Adidas knows that they have some gold in their archives, you know. And uh, uh, to me, looking at the evolution, the design evolution from the one to three, you can really tell it's like it's um, it's an organic evolution of design language. The T Mac Two is uh, functionally superior to the first one. There is less rubber, so it's lighter. It's more flexible than the very first one, but. You know, at the end of the day, this is early 2000. All the shoes were overlasted, where you don't really see the difference between the sole units and the upper. It has that charm that uh, was very interesting to to capture for the the the, the Millennium uh, franchise. Can you take us back to like the original concept of the Millennium One and Two sneakers? Like, how many like different silhouettes did you go through before you um? Settled on the one that made it to production. I I may I may disappoint you. I think disappoint you or or uh, amaze you. I don't know. But uh, here is my answer. Uh, the T Mac Millennium One was such a passion project that I was little anecdote. I was already in Asia at the factory during a factory trip, taking care of another basketball shoe. And then I just suddenly realized that I was in the same factory that manufactured the, the first T-Max in early 2000. And so I asked them if they had some, some original T-Max 1 and 2 in-house, which they did. So I just borrowed the shoes one night. I went to my hotel room with them. Didn't do anything nasty with them, I reassure you. But I just spent quality time with those uh, old uh, old shoes to gotta capture the the essence of it. And in actually one night, I designed the T Mac Millennium One. 
like performance wise, I think like the Millennium Two was like way better than the one. But in your opinion, what was like the biggest difference between the two shoes? I think that the difference functionally. So there is two things we can look at it. I think what we looked at to evolve the the the, the one and the two was the the references we pulled. I think the number two really takes a lot of skews from the TMAC number three. You know, the number one is like a little bit of a mix between TMAC one and two. The the TMAC Millennium two is really a, a, a tribute to the TMAC three, and uh, for me that was an idea of creating a lighter upper, uh, revisiting the, the, the tuning architecture, the sole unit architecture, having it also a little more flexible, but also looking at the traction pattern to, to make it even more uh, efficient. So I think combination of tax of that makes it, mm-hmm. uh, makes it maybe even more breathable, breathable than the first one. I think the first one came out with mainly synthetic leather which I think it's great for durability, but it's very, very, very tough in terms of flexibility and breathability. Uh, even though I have, I be, you know, I have a lot of TMAC number, TMAC Millennium One with engineered mesh upper that is lighter, more ble- you know, breathable and everything. And the shoe is also sleeker, which is nice. But the marketing decided to go for a full-on heavy-duty synthetic leather. Uh, which is which is their their decision at the end of the day. We were having two options. I think the TMAC Millennium Two. We wanted a little bit of mix between both worlds, having something that has some mesh and has the molded the molded leather for durability. You know what I like about the Millennium Two is that it features like a full length boost midsole, like and that feels like so amazing to me. Like you talk about like the tech as far as the cushioning system that went into the shoe? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, the one and the two features like Boost, I think Boost remains for Adidas, the best particle foam for sole units. It has a lot of energy return, which I think a lot of people love. It's uh, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing um, midsole when it comes to uh, to bounce back and absorption of shocks. Uh, one key thing about Boost, it's like it's amazing for linear sports when you run. It's a bit more challenging for lateral sports like basketball. So what we are doing always when we deal with Boost for basketball, we have like a banking barrier, which is an injected TPU piece that is on the lateral side to really make sure that you have the best of both worlds, which is like the responsiveness, the energy return of boost. But when you start dragging your foot and 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 uh, and do some lateral movements, you have also the stability that comes with it. So that was the that was the challenge of of capturing the best of both worlds there. All right, being that you designed both shoes, like they both got good rev- good reviews from like consumers, like so seeing um all the positive reviews from both shoes, like how did that feel? to you as the designer you know i think you know reading reviews seeing people wearing them having a very good answer uh in the market and and having the shoes finding their audience you know for for the team and i uh, it's always like christmas because obviously we do it on you know with a purpose in mind that the shoe obviously 
find its audience, sells, and that people are happy with the, the functionality of the shoe and that people feels like it's it's a better man for their for their sports, for their basketball technique and so on, you know. Um, being also with you uh, tonight uh, chatting, that makes me uh, think that we didn't do we didn't do all that for nothing, you know, obviously. So that's that really cheers uh, uh, cheers myself and the team behind it that cheers everyone up, you know. Did you feel like any pressure, like, like the um that the Millennium One and Two had to deliver because you was basically bringing the T Mac into a whole new generation of um people. Sure, sure. Uh, so the so what's funny is like, I think the first one I didn't get much pressure because as I said it was very much about a passion project and um. It was really about carrying a legacy and bringing it to a new era with the latest technology. So strangely, the first one, I didn't get much pressure. Um, also, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really thought that there would be a T-Mac Millennium 2. I did the first one with the team because we were like, hey, let's create something that makes sense, something that is connected to the brand, something that is uh, you know, bringing some icons from the past, but talk to a new audience. And if on top of it, you know, that that talks to or a Chinese consumer, that's the best because again, T-Mac is also, even if he's retired for years now, he's still mm-hmm. considered like a God in, in, in China. And so the first one was, was just pleasure, pure pleasure to design it. I think the second one uh, was interesting for, for me because you don't, obviously you don't want to disappoint uh, and you want to use the right, references that the fans from T-Mac are expecting, but also the people that aren't necessarily a T-Mac fan can, uh, you know, project or don't know really T-Mac, the younger generation, they can project themselves onto the product too. So I think that was, that was a bit more challenging to, to have the follow-up with the number two, but, uh, uh, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, like every stressful uh, moment or every every challenging uh, task you get to do, sometimes you just need to empty a little bit your mind and uh, cut the noise and just uh, and just go with the flow. You know, the first time I seen the Millennium Two, um, I believe it was last season. I seen James Harden wearing it in the game when when he was playing for the Rockets last season. Like, do you ever get kind of like geeked out seeing your um something that you design, like? Sure that a pro is wearing in the actual game? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think that comes back to your question when you're like, oh, is it is it cool for you when you see people buying the shoes or praising the shoe and having good reviews? I think ultimately seeing the pro athletes on the... you know, uh, on courts wearing the shoes, that's, that's, again, that's just, that's just great. That's just great. And it's, um, it's, it's something that people are... M- strangely more some of my friends are much nerdier than me about it you know i like to let the baby go you know it's like parents they have like kids and then one day if they are lucky enough they can go they leave home and you know they can fly with their own wings i think it's a little like that also when you're a product designer you design the product and then you know it has to go uh, on its own and uh, sometimes it hits the target sometimes it finds a complete different audience but that's great as well so you know obviously seeing Harden wearing the shoes seeing younger athletes 
and pro athletes wearing some T-Max. That's, that's the intention. Obviously, T-Max is not going to wear them on court anymore much. So it's great that there is a, a newer audience taking care of that. You know, and then you and then earlier you mentioned how T-Mac is kind of like a god over there in China. Like a lot of people don't know. Like he's actually bigger than Jordan. And, and most of that is due to Yao Ming. Yep. It's true. It's true. I, I was actually with, um, with T-Mac in China for the launch of the very first one a few years back. And, you know, there is stardom and there is uh, stardom. I think uh, when you walk down the streets and you cannot even do like two meters without being recognized, it's, it's, it's almost it's terrifying, actually. It's it's really something crazy to witness with your own eyes when when you walk around with someone that is stopped every two seconds. Mm -hmm. It there is a part of you that that is like, oh, it must be cool to be that famous. And then when you witness that, you're like, oh, I wish I could be a nobody in those moments. You know what I mean? So it's ve it's very cool to uh, to see that. And obviously, I'm I'm super excited uh, for him because. You know, when, when you are a pro athlete and you're retired, I think it's, uh, it's great to have, uh, to have still that fame uh, going on uh, even years after. You know, recently Adidas, they, they, paid, I mean, they paid tribute to T-Mac and his time with the Rockets, you know, with the 13 points in 35 seconds. And that was reflected in an updated colorway of the Millennium 2. Like, looking back on what he accomplished on the court, do you think like the 13 points in 35 seconds was like the greatest on-court accomplishment of his career? Well, that's that's a very nerdy uh, question, but and I'm sure some people may say yes, some people may say no to that. Um, you know, I think T-Mac, there is there is that never-ending, exactly as you mentioned, score that come back, that record that comebacks all the time. Uh, what I will, I think, always remember of him is his ability to be extremely kind, extremely approachable during the design process. Uh, and, and that to me is, uh, is worth uh, every type of records uh, on tour when you're that, uh, that iconic and, and famous. You know, and another dub. Uh, another d dope colorway of the shoe was the Christmas game shoe, which um, kind of celebrates T-Mac high scoring game on Christmas Day. I still can remember watching, you know, prime T-Mac taking young LeBron like Christmas Day 2003. Does that, does that bring you a lot of nostalgia? Oh, definitely. Definitely, man. I was looking for that shoe actually on, um, on GOAT, but I, but I couldn't find my size. So I just kind of just left it alone. But that was a shoe that kind of really took me back because I remember that game like it was yesterday. Like the Magic, they was rocking the um, black pinstripe jersey. LeBron and the Cavs, you know, they were just coming up in the league. So like that really brought me back. Well, I think, you know, I think we, we do an excellent job to pay tributes, to, to pay homage to those key moments. Um, you know, when I look at the shoes, obviously, I, it's, it's, it's a teamwork. So, you know, in those moments, it's great also to give props to the color material team that does also an excellent job to kind of sort out the key stories for the season and the colorways that will come out as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanted to ask about the Galaxy colorway 
Like, why the purple? Well, that's a hell of a question. Uh, for the T-Mac Millennium 2, I think we went for a touch of purple just because that matched the tonality. It's just a simple designer thing. I think that matched the tonality of the digital print that is on the that is on the on the mesh. You know, when okay. you look at the galaxy, you look at the space and all those stars that kind of have that sort of weird purplish halo around them. Mm-hmm. So I think that was that was more of a of a of a tonality with the print than any uh, any tie to any uh, NBA teams. So, like, how does it feel to kind of have your name attached to, like, some of T-Mac's most, mer- most memorable moments that he had as a player through through the shoes? Uh, you know, I, I think I think the millenniums are, are, are great shoes to me. I'm a product designer. I look at it with a very down-to-earth look. Uh, obviously, I realize by talking with you and talking with fans that it's much more than that, and that's and that's for me that's where the magic happened. Um, personally, I feel honored that people may think that you know I'm a part of that legacy, and I think I think that's great. But I think that's you know at the end of the day, that's mainly the people that wear the shoe that makes uh, that makes it iconic. So um, if I can help. That that's great, but uh, I think at the end of the day, I I you know I I, I don't think I have much credits if I can be humble uh, two minutes. Well, looking back on everything, uh, like the the Millennium Two is a celebration of of his career, and it's basically giving T Mac his flowers while he's still with us, and you helped in that process, and for that you deserve your flowers too. Well, well thank you. <laughs> So overall, like I think um, T Mac had a pretty good sneaker run, and I'm glad to see like Adidas is still making new products. But um, he hasn't played in um, over a decade. But um, from your point of view, um, what do you think the future of the T Mac Adidas line holds? I think you know i think tmac is still around he's still very active even if officially he hasn't played in 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 nba i know he's playing time to time in china actually and uh, i can assure you he uh, he hasn't lost it at all um you know the, the future of tmac as as a franchise for adidas you know that's going to that's going to depend on the brand placement there but i think we we definitely still want T-Mac to and the T-Mac values as and not only as a product but as a player to resonate in the younger generation and you know there is in NBA now the young talent there is plenty of uh, you know new T-Macs and I think uh, as long as we can cultivate those those great values that uh, Tracy McGrady brought on the table 20 years ago. Uh, and and still carry them. I think there is still a place for Timac in uh, uh, in in the the heart of people. There is still a place for Timac uh, within Adidas. Are you planning to follow up the M two with a possible Millennium three shoe? Ah, uh, <laughs> it's a one million dollar question. So here is here is my thing. Um, I am currently 
overseeing concepts for running and basketball with my with my new job and uh unfortunately i'm i'm uh, i'm no longer directly involved in the in the decision made within the basketball bu so you know i think if as you can see adidas is bringing back some tmac2 and some retros i think there is still hope for having a for having a third uh, a third tmac millennium who knows all right, so are you working on anything new for us that that you want to plug? Well, I I don't want to tease you too much because I think there is some very very good stuff that my colleagues in basketball are preparing right now for this year and next year. I think next year in 2022 we're going to have a very interesting um Dame 8 coming out uh for for Damien Lillard I think that's uh that's a concept that I'm very proud of uh that's been co-worked with my dear friend Jimmy Taylor who takes care of the dame and the don so uh there is a lot of very very cool basketball shoe coming out with uh not only a cool looking look but a lot of innovations uh in there too so um I think that's uh that that's where the excitement uh, lurks and also, um, we have our mutual friend Natalie coming on. Um, she's going to be speaking about the T Mac one, two, and three, and um, hopefully T Mac, if I can lock him in, he'll be coming on. So um, I want to thank you for coming on with with me today. Um, I really do appreciate it, and um, I look forward to seeing some of your upcoming designs. My wallet is looking. My wallet is not looking forward to it, but I am. <laughs> well, thank you, though. Thanks for thank you for 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 your time. Uh, that was that was a very uh, very cool interview. I'm very excited for you to get a talk with Natalie as well. You'll see she's uh, she's full of life. She has a lot of anecdotes about the first T Max uh, that are so so interesting. So um, very excited for you also to follow up uh, that conversation with her. Thank you for, for your right. time for today. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jamal. Take All care. Right.